Welcome to On the Record with Tiffany. There are heroes throughout San Antonio, men and women that go the extra mile to make lives better. During the next hour, you'll be inspired as we introduce you to these unsung heroes. And now here's your host, Tiffany Jones-Smith. And we are back with another episode of On the Record with Tiffany. And uh, I know you've probably noticed that I've been been uh, doing best of lately. And that is because I had a, uh, I contracted COVID-19. Um, we don't know how, but I ended up getting it along with everyone uh, in my family. So me, my husband, and both of our two little girls. Uh, but you'll be glad to know that we're doing much better. Uh, <clears throat> thanks to our wonderful healthcare heroes here in San Antonio, uh, Dr. Uh, Hamid Mazani and uh, Dr. Varshi Broman really came through for, for my husband and me and just just uh, held our hands through this whole thing. So, um, and did everything they could do for us. So we are just uh, ever, ever thankful to them for that. Um, and, and to uh, Dr. Fisher, my kid's pediatrician, because he he was he was phenomenal, and when my little girl asked, uh, "Well, does us having COVID mean that we can hug mommy now?" He was like, he like made it a good moment. He said, "You can hug your mommy as much as you want." And from that point forward, like it, you know, though we were going through the COVID nineteen experience for my my kids, they were just so excited to be able to hug and snuggle again and be close to each other again. So uh, thank you all for bearing with us and thank you to all of those guys for, for uh, helping us and helping get our family through this. Um, well, today I have my special guest, uh, one of my good friends, uh, Luana Chambers Lawson. Uh, Luana just wrote a new book uh, and she's, you know, running a podcast and <laughs> has a business, Tastic Growth Strategies. Uh, and she does consulting for uh, nonprofits as well. So, Luana, thank you for hopping on. I know you have to have, uh, you, you have lots of interviews right now because I'm sure everybody's wanted to talk to you about economic impact of this recent insurrection. What does that mean? What does that look like for uh, the Black community? But I want to start off with what were your thoughts when you saw what was unfolding? I was was so disappointed, Tiffany, because I used to intern on Capitol Hill, you know, many Mm -hmm. years ago. And I remember the majesty of being mm-hmm. in D.C. and being on Pennsylvania Ave, you know, and walking to the Capitol building and going inside of the Capitol building. There's just, it is literally everything that we think of the United States, you know, all the values and all the uh, principles that we believe in. You feel yeah. that when you're in D.C. You feel that when There's you're an on energy way. in that town. There's an energy there that is, so uh, that is to, 100% American. Absolutely, one hundred, like you said, one hundred percent American. So for that to be trampled, yes, uh, that that hurt my heart. It devastated me on multiple levels because I, you know, as President Bush, former President Bush, said, you know, you expect that type of uh, behavior in banana republics, not exactly. in our democratic not here. republic, not here. You know, so I was I was very disappointed, um, and I was hoping that we would, you know, the the actions that we saw the Twitter took as a private company, I was hoping that we would have seen that type of action taken in Congress because I think, you know, Angela Merkel came out today and she said, you know, she was very disappointed in the decision that Twitter made. And I get a hundred percent as to why she would say that fundamentally, right? Because Mm -hmm. those sorts of uh, the censorship that came from Twitter is what should have come from Congress. And, and, you know, as we've spoken before about the 25th mm-hmm. Amendment, you know, invoking the 25th mm-hmm. Amendment or, or a second impeachment, those are the types of 
you know, swift actions. Well, not so swift. Uh, but those are the types of things we would hope for Congress to do, and not necessarily uh, private the private sector. So I was I was I just been I was very disappointed at what I saw, and I said, you know, um, that was the first time people don't, don't they don't realize that was the first time in our nation's history that the battle flag was waved in our Capitol building, the Confederate battle flag. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that that, that's what the Civil War was fought for. The Civil War was fought so that that flag would never enter those hallowed halls, so that that flag would never be carried there. So the, the symbolism of it was just just repugnant. And the fact that people were wearing Auschwitz staff shirts while walking through those halls and that they smeared feces on the walls. And just just uh, desecrated a sacred place in every possible way. I remember my first time on the on the hill. It was in 1988. I was I was uh, um, a kid, and I met Ronald Reagan for the first time. At that at at that time, I met him and I met Colin Powell for the first time, and uh, and it was it was something that would solidify where I was headed politically and what I was, you know, my, my definitely very conservative values when it comes down to this nation. And uh, to see that uh, bastardized the way that it was this, this week and to see people just debasing and humiliating our nation and, and those are strong words. And I realize the strength of the words that I just used. That's exactly what was done this week. And no leader of any, any group in this nation should be supportive of it, but certainly not the leader of the free world supportive of something like that. And, and you know, just like I understand the gravity of the words I just used, then one expects the leader of the free world to understand the gravity of the words he uses. Bottom line to it. Like there is no, no other, uh, you, you can't claim ignorance and claim genius at the same time. <laughs> you're, you're not you can't be both <laughs> so i'm just once again i am uh dismayed by what i saw but but i will tell you that for me uh you know i have to say unequivocally i'd already decided that i was an independent a little bit ago because uh I just didn't see where things were going here. And I don't think that for me, uh, being having the, the, the personal ethos and the professional ethos that I have, I love being Black. I love my people. And there is no way I can line up with people who, who, are, who have nothing but negative things to say about minorities and who hate any people group. I just don't see how, how they can be supported. And uh, for, for me, as long as, as I continue to see this, they're going to have to show themselves to be what they claim to be. So if you're supposed to be the party of values, supposed to be the party of, of, uh, of what is right, uh, I don't know how it could be right to take the life of, of, of a police officer who was only doing his job defending the Capitol. I don't see how it could be right to call for the hanging of the vice president of the United States. I don't see how anyone can part their lips and, and to have a Texas, a Texas Republican leading the charge and continuing after this blight 
on American life. Continue to, to put your words towards that and try in some way to justify this behavior. No one, no, you, you, some people need to get themselves right. And some people need to be voted out Absolutely. because you, you cannot, if you believe in these United States, then your job and you take on the, the job of being a statesman in these United States, then you should never try to incite the people to, to uh, an insurrection. And you certainly shouldn't support that behavior afterwards. And everybody that did is 100% wrong. And I stand by my statement. So whether they like it, don't like it, I stand by my statement. What do you, what, what were your thoughts on the juxtaposition of what, how we saw the entire summer, Black Lives Matter, and they were peaceful protesters. We saw shows of force at every one of those rallies. And yet, at this one, people were using apparatus to break plate glass windows. Now, if those faces were Black, what do you think would have happened? There would have been a major massacre. There would have been several American citizens who lost their lives Mm -hmm. that day, without Mm -hmm. a doubt. Uh, There's, you know, like you said, Tiffany, the, the tale of two Americas has been something that, you know, our greatest minds have told us about for a long, long time. I mean, I'm thinking Invisible Man, I'm thinking W.B. Du Bois, you know, with, uh, you know, the the color line. I mean, there's, we've known this for a very long time, but it's very interesting now that it's been mainstream, that knowledge is now uh, mainstream. The two Americas is very, it's uh, overt now. I'm Tiffany Smith, Chief Executive Officer of the Texas Kidney Foundation, and I'm here to talk to you about your kidney health. Health is the most important asset we possess. COVID-19 has exposed the unhealthy nature of our population. One in three Americans are at risk for chronic kidney disease. In absolute numbers, that translates into about 600,000 San Antonians. Have you been diagnosed with diabetes? Have you been diagnosed with hypertension? Do you take blood pressure medicine? Do you have heart disease? Have you experienced heart failure? Do you have a history of dialysis or kidney failure in your family? If you said yes to two or more of those questions, you need to come and see us. Are you a part of that one in three? Is your sister? Is your brother? Is your mother? Texas Kidney Foundation offers free screenings. All you have to do is go to our website, www.txkidney.org. Check out our free screenings. You can either come to our office for an in-office visit, or we can come to you. You can schedule a screening or go to a screening near you. You know, I, what, I, what, what was one of the things that, that just was so profound about the civil rights movement was, was the visual of the civil rights movement was the, the, the sight of, of hoses being turned on people and of, of dogs being turned on them. Uh, and that, that visual was really what moved people. And I think we have the same sort of, uh, of incredible visual with what we saw happening there and what we saw during the summer because you've got people pushing their way in just just a a total sign of force and we're hearing even more like as it as this unfolds and and the information leaks out about what was really going down it's even more horrific 
Every new report is even more horrific, smearing feces on the walls, chanting hang pence, looking for Nancy Pelosi with zip ties. And, and uh, you know, the, the representatives were, re were really in fear for their lives. And you could see that. And, and that is not, you know, a peaceful transfer of power that's not this is not the beginning of that and uh, apparently they they have been saying on their on the dark web i didn't know there was such a thing uh but apparently they've been saying that uh those same same uh, insurrectionist groups the proud boys the you know your your uh white supremacy groups yes They've been saying that they're going to do something on the seventeenth. Yep. Um, there's there's allegations that that's that that's their next uh, next next time that they're going to to pull something. And I'm just like, if this were any other group, if if we were talking about black black people doing it, Black Lives Matter or some other uh, black group, we, we wouldn't be hearing these rumors. They would be shutting them down left and right. That's right. The government, not private business. Private business is shutting them down. <laughs> so let's make no mistake. It's not the US government that's shutting them down. It's private business that's shutting them down. So when, when we say two Americas and everybody's like, well, what do you mean by two Americas? This right here, this is what we mean by two Americas. Because- My heart. Because uh, the only reason why these people are allowed to continue to do what they're doing is because they are not black. That's it. They're white. I mean, look at all our, our political prisoners. This is a direct slap in the face. This is a punch in the teeth. To all of our political prisoners, I mean, our Asada Shakurs, our, you know, mm -hmm. we've got so many that are still uh, locked up till this day for, uh, you know, being accused of things that were not even on this level, <laughs> you know, just conspiring uh, yeah. to do things, you know, you know these folks went out and did it. What's bad about this is that it, they make so many people look bad with the stuff that they pulled uh with pulling an insurrection because everybody that's white and republican is not like this they're not the majority of white republicans have nothing to do with the nonsense we just saw they don't want to have a thing to do with it and remember that half of that house is republican and white not all but you know a bunch of them and so they they were not the majority of whom were not uh, in any way excited about this insurrection. Yet it will go down in the annals of history. And Ted Cruz will go down in the annals of history as, as having supported this. Absolutely. And, you know, he, he definitely cannot, cannot feign ignorance about it because Ted Cruz is one of the most intelligent uh uh, politicians that is actually out there. He's he's got a high IQ, very very astute constitutional lawyer. So there's not a a way for him to <laughs> back out of it and be like, oh, I didn't know, <laughs> you know. Um, and that's the case with, uh, you know, that the issue that I have with this is that you're talking about lawmakers, you're talking about leaders in this nation that supported this. We're even seeing that some of the people that that were a part of the insurrection came from other states and were a part of police forces, uh, sheriff's offices. I think there was even somebody from Bear County who was who has been been cited as having been there. I mean, it's and said it was the best day of her life. Like really, when we say that there's a systemic problem within within the uh, police departments, y'all just had them show up there, some of them, 
bum rushed the the state capitol and it's all over the news and the only real swift justice that has come to them has been from the business sector mm. now everybody that's pissed off that, that can hear my voice hear it loud and clear because i'm pissed off too because this is wrong this is the united states of america you do not go and try. If you want policy to change, then there's a mechanism by which one does that. It is not to go and try to physically attack the lawmakers in this nation. We don't do that. And, and this is just reprehensible that in the middle of a pandemic, no one can even focus on the dead, the people who are dying because we're too busy having to try and sort out a mess that was created and incited by lies being put out there about our voting system. I mean, really, this is, it is reprehensible that anyone who claims to be educated, who claims to be for this nation, because you can't just, you can't claim to be for the nation and you're only for your base of people. If you're for the nation, you're for the nation. That means every American. That means every American life. That means all those Americans that sat and that took the time away from their families and their lives to serve the districts that they serve. That means you serve them too. And to go and call on people to come in and do what they just did is reprehensible. That's why I took myself some extra tea, et cetera, to come on here and say something about it because it's, it's just, it's junk. We do have two Americas. The sooner we can have a conversation about this, the better we are. And conversation requires uh, people with neurons firing on both sides to sit down. It does not require uh, a bunch of people who want to just incite violence. Conversation has no violence. No, there is no place for violence in conversation. Like this is, I see what, what do you think about, about the impeachment matter being on the table in the 25th amendment? I'm disappointed um, because, you know, the 20th is a transition day anyway. You know, mm -hmm. that's next week, essentially. And yeah. we are we are working very earnestly on national coordination so that we can get more vaccines out there, yeah. uh, preventing more yes. Americans from dying. And the there are so many days, important things that have to be done that this should not be at the forefront of what we are doing because there are American lives being lost every day. We're literally losing thousands of people to a pandemic and there's vaccines sitting on, because they've only, only used 30% of the vaccines that have been disseminated. So we, we really have to ramp up the whole getting the shots into people's arms portion of this. You know, the, the, the supply is there. We need to get the supply to the people. That should be our top priority. We should not have to, to switch gears and try to deal with this. I realize that the United States is a major mechanism. I mean, we are forced to be reckoned with, but we, we're fighting many battles on many fronts and uh, to put us all in this position where we have to take focus away from the people of this nation, because you have it, you have victimized a, a number of people. Because those folks who went in there and incited to to violence are victims as well. They were they were given poor information, and they followed it. They followed a leader. I mean, when your leader is telling you you have to take it by force. You're going to believe your leader. I'm Tiffany Smith, Chief Executive Officer of the Texas Kidney Foundation. 
and I'm here to talk to you about your kidney health. Health is the most important asset we possess. COVID-19 has exposed the unhealthy nature of our population. One in three Americans are at risk for chronic kidney disease. In absolute numbers, that translates into about 600,000 San Antonians. Have you been diagnosed with diabetes? Have you been diagnosed with hypertension? Do you take blood pressure medicine? Do you have heart disease? Have you experienced heart failure? Do you have a history of dialysis or kidney failure in your family? If you said yes to two or more of those questions, you need to come and see us. Are you a part of that one in three? Is your sister, is your brother, is your mother? Texas Kidney Foundation offers free screenings. All you have to do is go to our website, www.txkidney.org. Check out our free screenings. You can either come to our office for an in-office visit or we can come to you. You can schedule a screening or go to a screening near you. You know, we've got to, so we've got everybody, we've got all these different fights with a pandemic going on. A new president coming in who really does need 100 days to focus on the nation and what to do for the nation. That 100 days is important, but this is probably the most important 100 days that we've seen in a long time because of what we're going through right now as a world and then as a nation. And this is the leader of the free world. Like for me, yes, I want to see justice prevail here. But I also want to see, I don't want the new administration to get quagmired in what's, go, what's going on with the old one, because people have to get those vaccinations. We have to, to uh, let the American people see that we're united in what we're doing and that we're focused on, on uh, saving their lives and not quagmiring in a bunch of vitriol. You know, it's such a precarious position to be in. It's such a precarious position to be in and we should not be in it. We need accountability. That's for sure. Before unity, but the accountability doesn't need to be, I mean, like impeachment, you know, that's multiple months of, you know, the Senate having to have the trials and, and, you know, yeah. that's a lot of taxpayer dollars. That's a lot of, okay, uh, that's, that's all I can think of too with the dollars. How much are we going to spend on this? Like this person I'm should not saying. get another dollar of our money. Absolutely not. You know, and the 25th would be nice. Uh, but the reality is that everyone, like you said before, everyone that was involved in this in any part of this needs to be locked up. It's, it's, to me, it's that simple. You know, that's, that's what we need. We need restitution and we can get some money back from you if you're, if you're in prison. <laughs> that's all I got to say. So, I mean, at some point, <laughs> to say it. So we need that. We need that accountability. But I don't want it, like you said, the, the first hundred days is the most important, especially with our pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got, kids are trying to go back to school, you know, we've got university students trying to go back and and get, you know, good education that they really can't get online. Um, You know, we've got uh, all sorts of things that are going on in the technological space that, you know, it's just getting uh, more sophisticated and the people who have access who already had access are just, you know, living their, you know, their dream lives while the rest of us are, you know, just data sets, you know, there's, there's got to be bridges made and the bridges won't come together if we're not able to, to get out again and, and be social and, and work with each other, you know? So there's a lot that's, that's, that, that, that we're holding on to for this first hundred days, you know, because I think what the pandemic reminded us of really too is, is how primitive we still are. You know, I think a lot of us, Americans thought that we were just so civilized and so advanced in comparison to, you know, other folks throughout the world, this pandemic brought us all to our knees. You know, we didn't think we could have a pandemic again. You know, we were like, we got vaccines for this and that and that and the third, and and we have a pandemic in 2021. 
Absolutely. You have a pandemic. And nobody you know, you thought, thought you were so smart. Well, you know what? We wouldn't have thought that that was going that that it was. I, I I say that we wouldn't have thought that that was coming our way. Although I have I I know lots of people who are um, who are scientists who would have thought that it, and could see that it was coming our way. And that and and we'll tell you right now that we will have more of these coming our way because human beings are infringing on on uh, wildlife. And as long as as you have that happening, then uh, we're going to see more things like this come up uh, and we have to be able to handle it. And if you've got the science you know, we're following the science and we've got the best scientists and they have been working themselves to the quick to get uh, these vaccines together for us. The vaccines are good uh, and we see people, you know, everybody wants to emphasize the one person that passes out or this person. But remember that, that when that there's always going to be uh, statistical outliers anytime you're doing anything. And that's with every single vaccine, every single therapeutic, every pill that we take, there are people that cannot take it. There are people that cannot take Tylenol. There are people that cannot take, you know, just the most common aspirin that, that, that have allergies to that. So, so trying to act like, Oh, there's something wrong with the vaccine because some because one person or a few people have a reaction. That's that's not that's not true. The vaccines really, if you've anybody that has not had COVID nineteen, I'm telling you as a person who is going through. I'm on the tail end of this, uh, and it's four of us in my family who've had it. Four of us in my immediate family. And we all have it. Um, since the pandemic has been going on, I've had three family members pass from COVID. We've had three very close friends uh, also die from COVID. And we've had a large number of family members get it. Um, and it's not that we're out doing anything. Uh, like in our case, we can't even trace it down to exactly how we got it because nobody that my husband works with got, has it. Nobody that on my staff tested positive. Um, it was just in our home. So somehow either through packages coming or something, it, we got it. So we get the, it has reacted differently in every single person in the house. And, uh, you know, it, it's no joke because, you know, as you know, I'm a high energy person and this has been, uh, I, I literally have to go to bed by 4.30, 5 o'clock. I have to stop working, which you know me, I work a lot and, and I actually have to like wind down and knock it off, you know? I mean, I've never experienced the lack of energy. So if, if we can get these vaccines to people, and I'm, I am not in terrible shape. So imagine, I, I, I don't know what a person who is, who has a bunch of underlying conditions and is very sick, they don't need to get this because it is devastating. And there was a time, you know, a point there where, where I wasn't breathing right when I was sleeping and my husband was, wouldn't let me sleep without holding me. I mean, it, it is a scary experience. It's a scary experience. And it's not something that, it's something that we need to focus our attention on. All of our attention needs to go to trying to stop this pandemic, not everybody our our focus scattered because we've got all these extra crazy things going on you know i'm with you prosecute each individual as as you go along <laughs> throw them in jail 
and throw the book at them so that that the people that did the insurrection, you know, whether you were um, stupid enough to follow somebody who told you to do that or not, um, as many of our brothers and sisters who are sitting in prison right now can tell you, driving the car during a crime still makes you complicit in the crime. So if you decided to go over to the Capitol and kick your way on in, as the as the one lady says, she didn't go in because she didn't want to catch a case. Well, your other friend's about to catch one. <laughs> <laughs> you go catch a case. As they wow. <laughs> That's what she said. She said she went there and she was, you know, she was uh, raising as much uh, H-E double hockey sticks as the rest, but she didn't want to go inside because she didn't want to catch a case. And I'm sitting there going, <laughs> like, once again, to Americas, to America, because she knows she's not going to catch a case. No, your butt should catch a case because you were sitting here. You were right along with all the rest of that mess. Mm -hmm. You were right along with all the rest of it, you know, but but I'm with you. I think they should be arrested. I don't know about uh, about whether or not, uh, you know the right thing to do would be to resign. That would be the right thing to do. Just say, you know what, this is wrong. And I'm not gonna get, the reason why people want to impeach is because of, of the potential of holding office again, to say this person should never hold office again. You know, I, I share that sentiment that, that he shouldn't hold office again, but, uh, I just don't want to spend taxpayer dollars to, <laughs> to make it happen. <laughs> I, I'm like, can't, you, can't you act with integrity and, and resign and move on? <laughs> like, come on, people. You know. So what when when you saw all of this and saw the reaction, you know, because it's one thing to see it all. But then to watch somebody just banging stuff, breaking windows and getting in there, what were your thoughts? Like, were you just incredulous by the whole thing? I actually cried a bit um, that day uh, by watching. I, I watched some of the footage. I didn't see a lot, but I cried because it. Um, you used the perfect word, uh, deface. Uh, and it, it, to me, it defaced our, our nation, the greatness mm -hmm. of our nation. You know, we were uh, trying to make America great all this time. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, I think that was our, we hit our lowest point at that yeah. when I saw that. And I, I was, my heart broke. I'm Tiffany Smith, Chief Executive Officer of the Texas Kidney Foundation. And I'm here to talk to you about your kidney health. Health is the most important asset we possess. COVID-19 has exposed the unhealthy nature of our population. One in three Americans are at risk for chronic kidney disease. In absolute numbers, that translates into about 600,000 San Antonians. Have you been diagnosed with diabetes? Have you been diagnosed with hypertension? Do you take blood pressure medicine? Do you have heart disease? Have you experienced heart failure? Do you have a history of dialysis or kidney failure in your family? If you said yes to two or more of those questions, you need to come and see us. Are you a part of that one in three? Is your sister? Is your brother? Is your mother? Texas Kidney Foundation offers free screenings. All you have to do is go to our website, www.txkidney.org. Check out our free screenings. You can either come to our office for an in-office visit or we can come to you. You can schedule a screening or go to a screening near you. My heart really broke because I just remember how, um, how I felt as a, as a young person interning there. You know, I already felt like I didn't belong because of my skin. Mm -hmm. And 
seeing these people who had skin privilege go up and, and have enough audacity to want to destroy uh, this building that's so symbolic of who we are as a nation and what mm-hmm. we stand for. The democracy happens at that building. That's the place of democracy, you know, and to see that it, it re- again reminded me of the two Americas, but it also reminded me that we're not, we haven't come as far as, as people have said we, yeah, we haven't. You know, I, and I feel some of the same things, you know, I feel like we haven't come as far as we, as we should have come. But I will tell you that I, I never, never waver in feeling that this is the greatest nation on earth. Those people and their behavior definitely is not reflective of, of who we are. But I will say that, that the behavior I see in Americans in my everyday life and uh, in our political process shows what a great nation we are. Is Are we perfect? By no means we, no, we're not. Obviously we're not perfect. Uh, do we have a lot of room for, for growth and improvement? Yes, we do. Um, and I believe we have the people that'll get to the table and do that. We have people on both sides of the fence who will get to the table and do that. But what I want to see is people show a spine, get a spine and a backbone and stand up for what's right instead of uh, going along to get along with a tyrannical conspiratorial nonsense. You know, because that's what we've been watching. We've basically been watching a bully who said all he had to do was grab him by the P and he's been grabbing the United States by the P for the last four years. Everybody's been getting grabbed. Well, I'm tired of being grabbed. <laughs> he's gotta go. <laughs> this doesn't make sense. It does not make sense. Like really. This, this, to say this isn't a great nation, they're wrong. People who are, who say that are wrong. You know, uh, are we embarrassed? Yes, this was an embarrassing situation. And there's just no getting around that. But how we act from here can really, really uh, set the tone. You know, we've got to have a response to what, we saw there and it can't just be the the business sector responding and we have to uh move forward and do what's right by the pandemic because uh we won't have we won't have people to actually take care of if we don't uh, we're going to have a very sick population everybody's not going to die from COVID-19 a lot of people are going to get very sick and have long-term effects from COVID-19 and to think that that's not true is is naive. It's a very naive na- naive thought. I mean, uh, we we already see new strains of the the virus coming out that we need to be addressing. We shouldn't uh, we should not have split focus because of of uh, political posturing from one group from one group. I wrote down a couple of things I wanted to talk to you about also. <laughs> so now that we're doing, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to switch gears from, from uh, the insurrection to uh, MLK because we're, we're about to come up on MLK and Dream Week. Uh, so in light of everything that, that's been going on, like how... What do you see this year shaping up as for for those for Dream Week and for MLK? I've uh, I've been looking on social media and um, I've got a you know I have friends across 
multiple, the whole spectrum, the whole political spectrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I try to do that because that's how we encourage harmony, right? You can't be harmonious if it's just you and people that think like you in the same little box. Exactly. That's not harmony. <laughs> that's an right. echo chamber. But <laughs> but I've been looking across the board and, you know, there's been a lot of already, there's been a lot of mischaracterizations of uh, Dr. King and, you know, what he would have done. I had one guy, he said, well, if Dr. King was alive, he'd be banned from Twitter too. And I'm like, listen... <laughs> Bad what? I know. Too much. It's too much. Okay. And it's too soon. Yeah. <laughs> too soon. Like, what? I'm like, listen, uh-uh. <laughs> but you, you know, know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I just feel like it's going to be, I don't see a lot of, to be honest with you, intellectually speaking, I do not see a lot of progress. I'm not hopeful for a lot of progress uh this year as we celebrate dream week and and we reflect on a lot of the principles of dr king i don't i don't see there being a um a more intentional practice of dr king's principles this year i think we're going to still continue to see the same stuff we've been seeing which is you know quoting dr king and interpreting it however we you know see fit now now i'm going to tell you what i i see this time as a time for people to really extend and step up on on what civil rights and what us moving forward means, right? Because when I look at, at what we've seen here, the culmination of the last four years, what I see is, and, and I will say this because I know this is the truth for my own life. If you cannot be defined by someone else, you cannot allow someone else to write your narrative and define you. And in the Black narrative, we have had many authors that did that were pinning what the Black narrative is, and, and they have nothing to do with, with the Black society. So I think this is the time for us to step up, take personal responsibility for where we're going next, and blaze our own path because uh we can't all it all it requires is just making the decision to do so you know it this is a time for us to walk out of victimhood because a lot of people want you to stay in victimhood you're the victim everything goes wrong for you you get screwed every time no you can pick up look at it and go you know what maybe there is a problem here but uh, I'm going to look at this system, figure out how I want to address this problem and knock it out and just start going after stuff, going after problem, you know, lay it out and go after what you want, because it is only through personal empowerment and really truly realizing, hey, I have I have choices we are lit. The, the thing that makes America great is that we do have choices. That we have the opportunity as two black women to get onto on this show and say this is wrong. That's right. That is part of what makes this country great. Is that we can say that we can say what what we want. We can lay out policy. We can write policy, and and we can go and champion and, and submit it to our houses of representatives, our Senate, we can do that. We can do that on a state level and on a national level. And it is about time, instead of wearing the cloak of victimhood, we wear the cloak of victory hmm. and realize that we're victorious, that this country was built by us as much as any other group, it was built by our free labor and that the greatness that exists here exists because of us as much as any other people group. So we don't have to take this. <laughs> we can do what we want to do. Like when I look at it, I'm like, it's time to rise up and get up in some good trouble. <laughs> it's time for us to do Okay, thank you, Abram. <laughs> Like when I look at it, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> oh, so that's what y'all want to do? 
Well, we're going to have our own. Uh, we're going to have our own come to Jesus on this, where people realize you have more power than you think, and it is not in craziness like an insurrection but it is in following a a system within a country that is a good country right. you know look at look at what look at your story and my story and what we've come from to get here the american dream is a dream that every american has and it has nothing there's no color on the american dream you know, so to to uh, to have anybody put a blight on it now, that makes me mad. That just made me, all they did was help me kick Corona. <laughs> That's all they did. Excellent. <laughs> mad as ain't you double hockey sticks. When I saw that, I was like, who are these crazy people? <laughs> Messing up my country. Because I thought this is the rest of the world sees our nation as as a leader because we are we are the leader you know this nation leads the free world so to you know and we will continue to do so we will continue to do so it's still the greatest nation it's we and we're gonna see that we're gonna see that because I, I fully expect to see us come together. But as individuals, as individual Black folks, we got, we have responsibility and we have strength and power. So we need to walk in the fullness of that strength and power and not, uh, definitely not cower down to victimhood. And you've been listening to On the Record with Tiffany. You've been enjoying On the Record with Tiffany. We encourage you to share these stories with friends and family. You can listen to other shows by going to 930amtheanswer.com. And join us next week for On the Record with Tiffany on 930am The Answer.